What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery now available in Regina and Saskatoon at sassbeardelivery.ca. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast, the Internet's only Chris Cuthbert appreciation podcast. Joel Gasson, as always, with John Fraser. And uh, you've <laughs> obviously heard the news at this point. Everyone has that uh, longtime CFL on TSN and TSN hockey uh, play-by-play guy, Chris Cuthbert, has decided yeah. to uh, switch sides and go to Sportsnet, which a big move in this country. You, a lot of guys, you know, a lot of the top guys in this country rarely flop networks. And I'm not going to lie. When I saw that, I was on break on whatever day that happened, last week, Friday, I think it was. And I saw the tweet right away from Sportsnet PR, and my first reaction was, holy shit. <laughs> because, as I said, this doesn't happen that often in this country. With talent of that caliber, they tend yep. to stick around. Networks do what they can to keep them. Um, and I'm sure TSN did, and we'll get into the reasonings why and everything in a minute. And why, I, you know, I don't begrudge Cuthbert for making that move whatsoever. Um but now the idea is, the question, the conversation is, what is the CFL on TSN going to do right. to replace him? Um, right. I wrote the piece on 3downnation.com over the weekend for what I think the CFL on TSN should do or could do. We're going to get into that in actual detail. But as you know, right. we like to embrace the dumb around here. We love embracing the dumb. That's basically the um, the, the tagline of the 3 Down Nation Greencast. Yes, one of them. And... It was brought to my attention originally by someone on Twitter who suggested, and apparently John is claiming he had this idea before that tweet came to me, but I am skeptical about that. I did. I was saving... I I was... Why? Because it was actually a good idea and actually hilarious. So, okay, I can... I understand your skepticism, but I swear... (laughs) I swear to the Flying Spaghetti Monster, Joel, that I saw that tweet on Twitter and I'm like, that was going to be my idea. It was going to be cold open. I was going to hit you with it. We were going to laugh. I'd feel like a genius. And then more proof that there are people smarter than me online just come out and say it to you. Yes. So his idea, and allegedly John's idea, was that we we have a reality show contest to replace Chris Cuthbert. Yes! And I thought, meh, why not? So I originally started thinking names, right? So you right. think you can call a football game. Right. Or the Canadian football idol. Or Ooh, I like that. The football voice. Ooh, ooh. Um, I, 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 I've got one for you, too. Mm-hmm. Can you suck less than Rod Black? It's a little mean, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why, this is exactly the reason why when people come out and say, John, you sharpen up your demo tape. You should, no, this is exactly the reason why I won't get the job is because I will stand here and say, I've played the Rod Black drinking game. And uh, I have muted him on more than one occasion to listen to local feeds of anybody else. 
And I mean, logistical reasons. Part of the reason you left radio was the travel lesson. I mean, you know, that whole, that well, whole that, thing. That, that, <laughs> the whole family thing, the money thing. I love my job. You know, all that kind of stuff. So, well, I, I uh, assume being the lead man on the CFL and TSN would probably pay better than local radio in Saskatoon. Um, I can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying. Okay, I'm trying to think how I can say this without breaking the law. I can tell you that most jobs <laughs> that I see credit applications for pay better than local radio in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Or maybe they just didn't like you, so they didn't pay you. That's also fair. And, well, I didn't really like them either, so I guess the feeling is mutual. <laughs> Which is why I sit in a basement and record a podcast with one of my very best friends rather than talk professionally on the radio these days. Yeah, so absolutely. So, of course, uh, we wish Chris the best. We're going to get into it a second here. Uh, we're also going to discuss um, the decision announced now that uh, youth sports across the country from now until basically January, other than Quebec officially, mm -hmm. has been shut down. Um, I don't know if Quebec has different powers and that ability. Whatever the case is there... I wouldn't be surprised if they end up following in line. But for now, yeah, Canada West, Ontario, and the Atlantic, uh, nothing. They're, they said Originally, I think they I thought I heard team sports, but it seems like just everything's basically done. Um, also, a lot of reasons why into that. Um, yes, it seems like things are getting safer, and there really isn't, in theory, a reason why these teams and events can't go on. But there are a lot of other logistical reasons behind the scenes as to why this decision had to be made now. So Money, money, money! Money! That's the Cliff Notes. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but as usual, before we get into all of that, uh, John, I hear there's a change. There's What's change. in the glass this week? Uh, well, in going back in the glass this week, it's not a dramatic change. Uh, What's you, new is old again? Is that it's it basically? Like well, I try. I tried to be new. I wanted to try the lime hibiscus beer from Pile of Bones, mm -hmm. our great sponsor. Uh, you told me about it. I love fruity beers, and it was literally one of those. I went, how on earth has have I not tried this? So today, I went to the as Max calls it the liquid store. I mean, he's not and wrong. <laughs> I mean, I kind of like it. I mean, it is a store for it's almost exclusively liquid. Now you're like, can you so change it? You're like, can you change it to that on the uh, credit card statement so it looks like I didn't go to the liquor store? Right, and I, I <laughs> and I tell you, I tell you what, Joel. Um, as my quarantine comes to an end, as I return to work next Tuesday, please everybody buy a Nissan. Um, I can tell you, or just go that, to see uh, you for a bunch of warranties. You don't necessarily have to buy the car, I guess. That's fair. Just buy Nissan anywhere. <laughs> come buy a warranty for me. So um, I went to the to the liquid store and uh, didn't have to tap the card. I definitely needed to put the pin in on that one because, uh, yeah. Uh, so after spending way too much at the liquid store, I tried to get the the lime hibiscus uh, pile of bones. It was completely sold out. Uh, Tis the pile season, of bones. So. Exactly. Tis the season. Pile of bones actually on sale at Sobey's Liquor in Saskatoon. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, I think I was a couple bucks off, so I was all over it. So what did I do? I looked at our great sponsors beers and I went, you know what? I've been drinking less beer lately. Let's go back to the old mainstay. It is the official beer. Can we call it the official beer of the Greencast? I think it is. I mean, if I've, it's at least your official beer. Okay. The official beer of one half of the Greencast, Pile of Bones White IPA. Perfect for summer. It is summer. 
Uh, I have been wearing shorts every day since March the 15th. I have to start wearing pants next week, so I'm in, going to enjoy my summer beer and my time in shorts. Absolutely. So I do have one hibiscus lime goza left in the fridge. And I thought about drinking it just to make you jealous because I knew you couldn't find any. Fair enough. But then I didn't because I wasn't really... You're, you're wasn't, a good man. You're... Not, not for that reason, not because I felt like being nice to you. Um, <laughs> No, no, I just, I, just, I just wasn't craving it for some reason. I don't know. I guess we just got back from a walk with the dog. It's a little windy and chilly today. Right. So uh, I also stuck with our uh, sponsors, uh, quickly becoming uh, one of my favorites from them. Maybe my go-to as well with them now, the uh, the Space Cadet IPA. Oh, yes. Also very, very good. I think I've had that one the last few times. Number last, at least two of the last four, maybe two of the last five times. Three of the last five, maybe, on this program. You know, you know what? We should almost, and it's funny that we're now entering the uh, technically third season of this program. Mm-hmm. Um, we Which should... is shocking. Right? <laughs> sure, surely someone would have told us to stop by now. Right? But, <laughs> but yeah, we still, get te- we still get, like, information given, especially, like, we still get information given to us, you know, on the basis of having a podcast. Like, I've got information when we talk about the CJFL season mm-hmm. that I received from sources. That's what we call the business a tease. But uh, <laughs> another amazing thing, how in the hell did we never track what has been what's in the glass for every single week? Like, I feel like like we missed a glorious opportunity to have like a standings board. Yeah. Like, oh, it's the 17th week that it's uh, the Pile of Bones White IPA or, you know, John and his homemade pink vodka drink for a 17th week in a row. Yeah, no, that, that would be some hashtag fancy stats. That that would be that would be advanced analytics, but that would be some stats that it would enrage the two hundred hockey men. <laughs> Throwback reference the old, there. Don't forget the old sportscasters too. Yeah, the old sportscasters hate that stuff. You, you, okay, from now on, I, we're just going to go off the eye test because you know, old hockey guys love the eye test, yeah. um, and the eye test says we drink a shitload of white IPA and a shitload of Space Cadet. I mean, it would bear to reason that overall there would be more pile of bones consumed on this podcast than anything else, considering they do give us beer to say their name on this podcast. That's and they give us actually a shitload of beer to say our names on uh, their names on this podcast, and it is appreciated every single time. Especially yes, and a that... quick plug for our sponsors because phase three of the relaunch of Saskatchewan, whatever you want to call it, is on. Uh, we're recording this on Monday as of Tuesday. Tap rooms open again with fifty uh, percent capacity. So, I imagine and, it's going to be difficult to get in for a while because people are going to be yep. itching to go. When it was difficult enough to get in there beforehand, uh, with right. about half the spaces there was before, I imagine it's only going to get more difficult. But if you can swing by uh, to support those guys, because I know everyone in the industry across the board has been hurting, uh, please yep. do so. Please support your local tap room, no matter where it may be right now. Well, and, and, and two things. One, uh, I went out to go to the liquor store tonight. I also stopped by to get some ice cream. Uh, I noticed a lot of local joints here in Saskatoon. Parking lots were full. Obviously, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine. She went to the Yard and Flagon today, popular place in Saskatoon. Uh, said it was awesome. You know, uh, people are, are patient. You know, yeah. service is great. Like, people are just thrilled uh, to be able to get out. And two, you know... The Regina, and, and they do a bit of it up here in Saskatoon as well, too, but the, the the brotherhood of the Regina beer community, of the local community, it just blows me away. You know, you see 
This is what happens you know, how- when of the three major breweries in this town, the three of them are good friends from their Johnny Ales Club. So, <laughs> well, well, and that's and that's exactly it. And you can tell it. I mean, the the number one thing I saw on social media today, not only from Market Rebellion, I believe I saw it from Pile of Bones as well, was just the the new map that they have that basically mm-hmm. shows, hey, in an hour and a half, if you walk or stumble, uh, you can visit every every brewery in Regina. Yeah, and I believe the walk they took you around through downtown too to stop at some bars there too that actually support local as well. Exactly. Like, like to me, I saw that and went, I, I, I'm like, okay, I need to, you know, as as most of my vacation plans have now been kiboshed, I'm like, you know what? When I'm allowed to, I need to come down and see you and just try that. Like, that's just that. That to me just looks like an awesome, amazing time. We're probably not going to walk. I'm going to tell you that much. Uh, that's fair. Um, we'll we can we could easily do the like rebellion bushwhacker and district if we really wanted to go and warehouse. They're all kind of in that same area, but pile of bones right. a little bit out there, and Malty's even further away. So <laughs> yeah, I saw Malty was like Malty's like the one like I feel like you start at Malty when you still have like you're still full of piss and vinegar. Yeah. And then you just kind of pass out a pile of bones because you're like, the journey's over. <laughs> give, give me the double IPAs. I need to get zesty. That's how I'd do it, at least. Yeah, I mean, that is how you would do it. So, I mean. Now, who are we kidding? I'd be shit-faced by the third stop. <laughs> so I, don't, I, don't, I don't drink slowly. No, we know. We That's know. fair. So the guy now, I guess, technically making his third stop would be Chris Cuthbert. Because yes. he was with CBC, then TSN. Now he uh, is with Sportsnet. He didn't think I was going to pull that one out, did you? I I am impressed. I like I. You know what? The number of times that you find a transition off the dumb <laughs> shit I say is spectacular. Like, like it's, we it, all have I our talents in life. I should put that one on my resume. You <laughs> can somehow t- change John's gibberish into a smooth transition to topics. And it's, we plan. I'll tell you. Can pull back the curtain. We plan none of this. Oh, absolutely. There are some people, there are some podcasts out there, some shows out there where they go over all that kind of stuff throughout the entire show, like kind of map out exactly what they're going to do. We have a very loose idea yes. of what we're going to talk about, and then we just kind of go off the rails like right away. Yeah, we basically we know what we're what we're drinking, we know what the cold open's going to be, we know what our topics we're going to be covered, and pitter patter away we go. And then uh, we fill in the gap from there. That's right. Yeah. Chris Cuthbert, now a member of uh, the NHL on Sportsnet. And uh, if you read the piece from with Dan Barnes on Post Media, and then he was on the Sports Cage on Monday as well, um, the logic that Chris Cuthbert lays out as to why he made this decision, one that he admits was a difficult one, because uh, he, mm-hmm. TSN was very good to him. He, they hired him very quickly at a time when he was laid off at CBC when things were kind of tough there, and the NHL lockout was on, and the whole thing, that whole rigmarole that went on yep. there. And, you know, Chris is just one of those guys. He's one of those stand-up guys. He, There's a lot of people in his position across the world, across this continent, that when you kind of become top-end play-by-play guys, the ego kind of kicks them a little bit. Right, um, yes. Chris is not one of those guys. Um, every encounter I've had with Chris has been incredibly professional, incredibly amazing. Um, obviously, I haven't seen him much in the last few years, but I was on the beat every day. Back in my old life, he we interacted fairly frequently whenever he was in Regina. And I remember even being impressed in Grey Cups. I hadn't seen him in two or three years, and he still remembered who I was. So I think, you know, he's just just a great dude, and we obviously wish him nothing but the best there. And 
he came out and he said it. He's like, you know, I'm 62, not getting any younger. There's six years left for the NHL on Sportsnet. So by that logic, he's 68 when the rights are up. And that's if Bell's even able to secure the rights. There's no guarantees there that that's going to happen. And he said, you know, basically he wants to call a Stanley Cup final. And that's the only thing that he hasn't done. He's called, you know, dozens of great cups. He's called the Olympic. He's called called the Golden Goal, the biggest yep. the biggest goal in Canadian hockey history. He called it, and this is all that's left. And for some people, that be, might be weird to think because you know we're football people. We love football, but in this country, right. still, in terms of sporting events, the Stanley Cup is the pinnacle, basically, of professional sports in this country. The Great Cup is the Great Cup draws higher ratings overall compared to the Stanley Cup final, but that's seven games versus one more of a. TV event versus a sporting event, that whole kind of thing. So if you're in this country and you are an aspiring play-by-play guy, for the most part, unless you really hate hockey, which Chris doesn't, he loves hockey, mm-hmm. you aspire to call the Stanley Cup. And he told Derek Taylor on the sports gauge on Monday that it sounds like Sportsnet has essentially guaranteed him that he's going to call a Stanley Cup final. Which is, which so, is unreal. I, yeah, I so for Chris, I, absolutely, that's great. It's amazing. I respect his decision because at a certain point... He, he, he can see the writing on the wall. He can see there's more runway behind him than ahead of him. So why not chase your dream when you have the chance? Yeah, you're exactly right with that, Joel. And and I think, too, I, I and correct me if I'm wrong here, I think DT, our, our good friend, mm-hmm. he may have tweeted that it'll be this year's Stanley Cup final if there is one. Yeah, like yeah. Him that, right into it. Yeah. Which is... Which, is which, a, may, which uh, may, I kind of wonder how Jim Houston feels about that, but... But on the same note, if if okay, and not I'm sure, to be the bad I'm sure, guy, no, like I'm sure publicly he'll say all the right things and all that all the past, but deep down, but but on the same note too, I mean Jim Houston is is younger than Chris Cuthbert, yeah, and if you get the two of the very top play by play commentators in the entire country both under your roster, I'd I'd have a hard time thinking that they didn't go to Jim at some point and say, okay, Jim. You know, and, and I know the respect that broadcasters have amongst each other. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's that goes at any level. You know, if you're a play-by-play guy, there's this there's this crazy like there's this crazy amount of respect between all of them. You know, and I've been a play-by-play guy. You've you've spoken to each other. I wouldn't be surprised if if Jim had no problem step. I don't know Jim from a hole in the ground, but knowing the culture of play-by-play guys and and how highly regarded Chris Cuthbert is, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if Jim Houston just said, all right, he's got the next six. I'll take it after that. Um, maybe, who knows? Right. But I mean, I mean, I mean, it's not like Jim really has a great option otherwise. No, exactly. Like if you, he, he, he obviously wants, he would want to stay on that stage. So it's not like he's going to suddenly bolt and go to TSN and then what, do regional Leafs games? You know, regional Ottawa games or have yeah. to. And, and this, and I think too, I think this is the other part is, is people, you know, coming from a guy that quit that business because of travel and time away from home. And, and I mean, at Chris's level, money is not an issue. No, no, God, no. But no. right now, the life of Chris Cuthbert is he works two CFL games all summer. Mm-hmm. He then works some regional TSN games. Yeah. Him and Gordon Miller's basically, more or less split the regional Leafs and Sens games. Exactly. Which is a lot well, more travel than national because you are, you're going all over the continent all freaking year. 
Well, and, and, and combine that with him and Gordon Miller are both also still working for NBC to essentially giving themselves a whole paycheck. Yeah. So you're going from a world and, and people and people that don't know are going to say, well, he just shows up and, 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 and puts on a game. I can Any, tell you this, he, the, he is one of the most prepared broadcasters you'll ever see. His, the, his game notes for football games are insane. There's, there's a sheet that uh, he's tweeted out before. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's it looks like a depth chart, and he's got highlighter all over the place, and he's got numbers and stats, and he's got all that. Hmm. In the business, we call it the Cuthbert sheet. Yeah, Chris has shared it with everybody. That's another thing. I I have Cuthbert sheets from when I used to work uh, CJFL games. You know, and the amount of work that would go in for doing two games, and the amount of research that he does, and and and, and the fact and, that I mean, in a in a real world. You would only have to do one game a week. There should, there should be no scenario where you should be doing two football games within a two day, a two or three day span. Exactly. That, sh- that should not be happening. Like the the top guys, other than Joe Buck now, because Fox has Thursday nights. All right. the other top guys in the NFL do one game. Everyone in the NFL basically does one game a week. You have an entire right. week to prepare for one game. Yep. The guys in the CFL, TSN, they make them prepare for two games. Which is, which is un, like, I can tell you, your broadcast is so much better when you're doing one. And you get a chance mm. to actually talk to some players and get some players open up to you and you exactly. become familiar with them. And that's what those little tidbits of, you know, the CFL's got some absolutely fantastic PR people. And the CFL, I haven't, I haven't worked a CFL game in a while, um, but I can tell you the stats packages they used to give, and, and this was the same for you sports. You'd get these great stat packages that broke everything down. You get those fun little tidbits you could drop on air, and but a lot of it was just you just get it from talking to the players. Mm-hmm. And we were preparing for two games. You don't get that. So no. this was kind of, I mean, Cuthbert was basically working in an, an entire year yeah. at sixty-two years old. Mm-hmm. Now he gets to go to Sportsnet, where you'd have to think he's not going to be doing any regional stuff. I would. I so, know they they got their well. The regional guys are basically all out west, so. That wouldn't well, make any sense. Exactly. So, you know, minus maybe filling in for a sick day or vacation, Chris Cuthbert has gone from, you know, having to work two games in a weekend and work the entire year and work with two different networks and different contracts and the border and blah, blah, blah. Well, not to mention, like, during September in preseason, October and November, on top of doing CFL games a week, he'd be doing some hockey games during the week, too. Which is, which is, it's it, the fact that he was able to call those all at such a high level is, it's, it's, it, it's just a testament to what he can do. So mm-hmm. he's probably making, I would guess, at least the same amount of money to now call games on either Saturday, Sunday, or oh, Wednesday nights. Saturday's probably for sure is somewhere along the slate. Right. Yes. He'll, he'll then, be on then, Saturday. And then sprinkled throughout otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Depending on whether they're doing hometown hockey, the Wednesday nights, and like it's between having like your top two guys being Jim Houston and uh, Chris Cuthbert. Talk about an eargasm, man! Like holy shit! Like that is just like Saturday nights are just gonna like I'm just gonna put on hockey on Saturdays just like for background noise because both those guys are that good. I'm not a big Jim Houston guy, but uh, Chris Cuthbert for sure, definitely. So, I like Jim. I, 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 he's, he's fine. I don't. I don't hate him. But you know, he's not really my style. He's. He's not. I think he's okay. He's not great. That's. That's just enough. my opinion. Like I Fair get enough. why people like him. You know, I'm not saying he's bad. But eh, I don't know. That's right. So the question now becomes: 
where does TSN go from here? Because naturally, this is this right. is a huge loss for them. Massive. Because of a, for not only not even not only just CFL and TSN, but just in general for the number of hats that he wears throughout the course of a year. Mm-hmm. And so, where do they go? And I think I wrote the piece. You may or may not have read it on threedownnation.com. I did. Yeah, I'm such a nerd when it comes to this stuff. I, I was, I was talking to the audience, not you. I know you. I know you read it. That's fair. Um, <laughs> 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 if you like something I post, then I knew you read it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mean, in fairness, I do just like basically auto auto like everything you post, but yeah. in, I do always read it as well. Most of the time on the can or while being tackled by kids, but I still read it. Yeah. So I, I think the most likely outcome. Because I don't imagine, especially the way, you know, the world economy has gone the last while. There hasn't exactly been a butt-ton of money spent on advertising, especially in the sports right. world for the last few months. I don't feel like Bell's really going to want to be in a position to spend money to poach someone. So the likeliest outcome, I think, is they're going to move from within. And... I, I would say for, for this year. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I think there's kind of a short-term move that they can make internally to eventually springboard someone up. Because I don't think right. there is currently someone at, on their sort of roster, so to speak, that currently sits that is like the heir apparent definite guy to take over. I would agree. They brought in Dustin Nielsen last year. He started doing some games. He might get there. I don't know. There's a possibility. Like, he could certainly ascend to that level. He's young enough. He's got time. I just don't think he quite has the profile yet to suddenly, all of a sudden, call a great cup this year. No, Should there be a great cup? You're absolutely And that's right. no and, and, offense to the guy whatsoever. I know he's a no. quality broadcaster, the whole thing. I'm not saying anything against him. Um, as I said in the piece, there would probably be a quasi-revolt should Rod Black be calling the Grey Cup on television this year. Absolutely. <laughs> as, much as, that would, as much as that would make me laugh just to see the tweets. Um, oh, it would be it would be a firestorm. And, and, and I actually, <laughs> I think, and I hate to say, like. And I hate hammering on him because yeah. from all accounts, Rod Great, Black... One of the greatest dudes, apparently. I've never actually met him, but apparently just a phenomenal human being. I- exactly. But but on the same note, like, I listened to him on, on the Jay and Dan podcast once. Mm-hmm. And I went in with o- an open mind. I remember listening to that. I'm like, okay, I've heard all this great stuff about him. Maybe he's super chill. Maybe he's this... And he came still across very Rod Blackish, And that's why I don't feel such as bad about being such an asshole to him, especially, like, Let's face it, Sam Hurl's gone from the Riders now, so i got to find somebody <laughs> to be my new whipping boy. So, Rod Black it is. Um, oh, actual football news, checkmark. There we go. Sam, hey! Sam Hurl retired. There we go. Woohoo! We got it! <laughs> um, but he... Uh, you, I almost think if viewership would drop. I think you would have people not watch the Grey Cup game because Rod Black is calling it. And yeah. it might be a small number of people, but I yeah. think you'd still have people doing that. I will still always maintain what I've said about Rod Black for the last while now. He's a good guy, just put in the wrong position by his employer. Because yes. I think if you watch him in the host role on the Raptors games on TSN... Oh, he's very good. He's good at that. He's very good at that. He's just not a football play-by-play announcer. No, no. And, and, and he's, he's not the first guy to get miscast in this country either. There's a guy that I think TSN could look at that had that happen to him at one point in his career as well. So. Yeah. And, 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 oh, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Oh, I'm excited. So, and so, so we, ultimately, if we're looking internally, I think, okay, you kind of continue to, because Dustin Nielsen has told Post Media that he's 
he's been told he's going to get more games this year. That's not surprising. Is, not surprising. Which is awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think you're right in terms of profile, in terms mm. of a broadcasting nerd. Listening to Dustin's call, Dustin has the fundamentals. He's been doing U Sports football. He loves football. He's worked some sidelines. It seems like he has good relationships with people. Uh, I, I love him on social media. Haven't listened to his show a lot, but from a fundamental standpoint, uh, very good at his call. Like he covers what you need to be done and he does it well. You're right. He still needs time to grow his profile. Though. Yeah. And he's kind of younger and new school along that line that I think that the broadcast as a whole could kind of use that boost up just about everywhere. 100%. Um, like it or not, Rob Black's not going anywhere. So I think the solution for now is you move Rod Smith out of the big chair in the host position, put him in a play-by-play spot. And I've heard he's maybe not the most keen on traveling, but then mm-hmm. this kind of brings up the issue we talked about earlier of these guys working multiple games a week where it's like, okay, now you can use, you say Smith is your number one guy. You have him with someone, you know, Dwayne Ford or whoever you're, because I think there's an opportunity here to reevaluate your color commentators as well. Agreed. Agreed. And so you have your number one crew with Smith and whoever they decide to do there. And maybe they only work one game a week. And then that right. gives that, that game of the week type feel versus, well, they're just they're both doing two games, so really, which is the biggest? I don't know. Now you know for right. sure, okay. You know this week Calgary's playing Saskatchewan, Rod Smith on the call. You're like, oh boy, here we go. Right, right exactly. It's, That's it's part of the, this kind of part of what you can do to make you know certain games feel more important than others. Well, it's the same thing the Fox does with Joe Buck. Yeah, you know America's game of the week. They always call it right. You watch uh, yeah, on Fox. It's yeah, got Joe CBS Buck. has Jim Nance. You know they all have their guys, right? Yeah, exactly, and 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 I I absolutely agree with that, and I would I would argue, and and you mentioned it in your piece too that we don't have a Cuthbert heir, heir apparent, but we do have a Rod Smith heir apparent yes. in Kate Burness. Yeah, she's already done Thursday Night Football. I think she's a phenomenal host. I think the panel could use a female voice. Uh, absolutely, especially one that's as knowledgeable and talented as her. Yeah, whether like, it's her or whether it's Nat- Natasha Sanisewski, there's someone out there in their land that could do this that can kind of bring up and bring down the average age of the panel well and i know I, I saw on twitter a bit people wanting to see kate elevated to the play-by-play role mm-hmm. and i don't know kate's background if she's got some play-by-play experience and she's got good hell i'd love to see it yeah but i i can tell you as a broadcaster and you can vouch for this, I sure, as well, Joel, you know, mm-hmm. through your experience that play-by-play is such a different animal mm-hmm. that you could have the most talented host, reporter, anchor in the universe. Yeah. Put them in a play-by-play chair. And I'm not saying that this would be the case with Kate, but I just know there's a lot of guys that play-by-play is a totally different animal. And yeah. and sometimes it just it doesn't fit. It doesn't and play-by-play play at different set. levels. It's a different animal too, as we've seen. We've seen like on ESPN in different spots where they've promoted college guys to the NFL, and it just doesn't work. Oh, absolutely! Right? Like it's it's, and it's crazy. Like I've worked everything from, I've done midget AAA hockey games to professional lacrosse. Like it, it's there's so many changes at every single level you move up, and so much more preparation and 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 things like that. So, yeah. you know. If I don't know Kate's play-by-play skills, if Kate kicks ass at play-by-play, then, then I'm, I'm 100% able... I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm all, exactly. I'm like I'm 100% on Beth Moen should be calling Monday Night Football bandwagon yes. as well. So let's just clear that air too. I just I don't know 
if such personality exists in this country. And I don't, right. I don't think that's that's not a slight against any of the female broadcasters in this country because I think they all do a phenomenal job. Sarah Lesky yes. is one of the best reporters in the country, and she yeah. should have a bigger role on CFL and TSN. Even I think it's an indictment on the system and how it's developed and how it is still an old boys club that's hard to crack into. No, you're you are absolutely bang on with that, that gas. You're absolutely right. So, but and yeah, back to the Smith point. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm the same. I've heard he doesn't. The, the thought of traveling across the country to work two different games in a weekend doesn't appeal to him. I no. think your solution would You, you, you might worked. be able to convince him to do once a week for you. You got kind of, you could center it a lot of it probably more east, occasionally out west, and then it's not a whole year of travel, right? Exactly. You're looking you're looking at a summer, you know, you could still do Hamilton and Ottawa and Montreal are all going to be relevant whenever, you know, CFL football returns, you know, send them out to Saskatchewan for Labor Day to Winnipeg for the Banjo Bowl. Right. Like, yeah, you could mostly keep it within the same time zone. So I yeah, I would love to see Rod Smith call the Grey Cup next year. Yeah. So that's after going internally. Now, if there is a chance that either they find money in the budget to go external or they start getting some phone calls from external candidates. There are some out there, mm-hmm. and I put some in the piece. And for me, if money was no object and circumstance and everything was not an object, then I think the guy that I would want in the role would be Sportsnet's Tim McAuliffe. One million percent. Yes. The guy, um... the guy breeds Canadian sport in general, basically. Like, he loves all of the U sports. He's really into Canadian football. He... You know, he doesn't, he's on sports and he doesn't hide that fact. And they let him get away with it, which tells you all you really need to know. Yeah. And he would be great. And if you, if they were able to get him to come back on board, you could reunite him with Dwayne Ford, like when they used to call the old CIS games. Yeah. And I think that would just take the broadcast to another level. I would be surprised if Rodgers didn't do all they could to keep him. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he would listen if Bell were to call. Well, and I think, too, if you're Bell, you have Tim and Sid, who are now probably their most popular radio product now that Bob McCowan is gone. I mean, they were sound- probably more popular before that, like, Bob was Bob was hard on the way out. When well, he was- and the, I think that's a big reason they got moved to TV only. They're back on TV yep. and radio. Um there, if you've watched McAuliffe call any kind of university sports, well, he was doing um, a lot. He was doing one of the national semifinals in the Vanier for the last number of years. They were so good. Yeah, he like again, me as a broadcasting nerd, like that is just like it floors me that he's not doing more play by play. Um, it was it was interesting because he did openly muse while talking to Chris Cuthbert his desire to have the CFL on Sportsnet. Who would have ever suggested that, that they should be on multiple networks? I mean, who would ever suggest such a thing? I I don't know what kind of a weird take that would be. Well, I said it. It must be wrong, though. So <laughs> it's not like but, I've written basically an entire piece saying that before. Like, no, it's, no. it's it's fair. So, uh, and it's a very well written piece. <laughs> Tim. And, and the thing is, too, I think Tim fits the mold in a couple of ways. Mm-hmm. I have not personally met Tim. I've always wanted to. I've I've been a huge fan of his since yeah. uh, for years. Um, 
friends of mine in the U Sports community that have met him, uh, he's attended, like, when he does a Vanier, he doesn't just sit in his hotel room and go out and meet with old buddies. He's at the award ceremonies. He's talking to, to sports information directors. He's, he's talking to these people, and they've all told me he's just, like, a genuine dude with a genuine love and passion of it. And mm-hmm. somebody with that knowledge of U Sports is, is what I think is the only thing that the CFL broadcasts are missing. You know, you can say the guys from Queens, but... Well, I mean, Dwayne Ford's there, too, but yeah. But, I mean, but even Dwayne. Dwayne's got a full-time job as a labor, labor lawyer. Yeah. Like, Dwayne is, is covering the league and covers it well. Uh, he he covers the sports well, but I think you need another guy in there that can just talk more about the fact that, oh, yeah, that's Rob Bag. He played at Queens. And, and, and if your number one guy has that knowledge, I think it helps grow the Canadian game. Um Plus, if, if you're Bell, you're all of a sudden stealing, you know, one of the most popular personalities that's basically on two platforms and radio and TV. Mm-hmm. And on top of that... Well, I mean, if we really want to really dig deep here and really ter- have people stop listening to this podcast, we can dig really deep here. And it was just recently that TSN 1050, their afternoon drive show, Overdrive, for the first time ever, surpassed Sportsnet 590, the fan, right. in the afternoon drive slot, ratings-wise. Right. So... Right. And so, in, in return, Sportsnet moved Tim and Sid in there to try to, to try and grab that spot back. I haven't heard if that's worked yet or not. But if all of a sudden you're ripping Tim out of there, you're throwing a wrench in what Rogers had planned. Well, and and now all, all of a sudden you've got a guy that that if you've watched Tim and Sid and you've watched Tim McAuliffe, like he loves basketball too. Yeah, you know he loves Canadian football. He loves basketball. You, now you've got a guy that can do your basketball stuff. And to me, now you've got a guy that. No offense to anybody else that's filled in on Jay and Dan. They don't seem to get that same free flow, free conversation interviewer skill, right? Like they, I'm also a fan of Jay and Dan. Uh, I've met them personally. I I, I like what they do. I like what their show is all about, but it's just, you're you're, to a degree, you're, you're putting a square peg in a round hole because it's so different than everything else you're asking other people to do. Mm -hmm. But yet it's so similar to what Tim's been doing with Sid for all these years. Yeah. So now you've got a guy that could be your number one CFL play-by-play guy, could work your winters doing basketball, and fill in on your premier sports center show. All, all while taking maybe the number one personality from your competitor. So you're right. In a dream scenario, as a football fan, Tim McAuliffe's my pick. Like I'd, I'd love to see him on CFL games. Like and, and, and who knows if that could lead to more exposure for university football. I know he pushes for that very actively, even with the big wigs at Sportsnet. So, yeah, if money's no object, I think he's your guy. Yeah, so that would be the guy that I would get to, and maybe he would listen if Bell called. Who knows? Because right? I mean, he's Who in a good spot, but like Chris Cuthbert, at some point, you'll want to follow your dream. And I, based on everything I know about, like, like you, I don't know the guy. I know people yeah. that know him, and... It wouldn't surprise me if, like Chris Cuthbert calling the Stanley Cup final, wouldn't surprise me if Tim McAuliffe would love to call the Grey Cup. Yes, absolutely. I mean, he is the former play-by-play voice of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Yeah. So so, so that's where I would go number one. Yeah. High in the sky. We'll see. Um, yeah. There are some other options out there as well, because cause Chris Cuthbert went to Sportsnet and is going to be taking on a very heavy hockey role there, could there be an opportunity for the former host of the CFL on TSN, to return to TSN. In Dave Randorf. In Dave Randorf. Theoretically, sure. I don't know. I don't know what his contract looks like. I don't know how he feels about where he's on the depth chart now. Personally, I actually really like his hockey call. So do I. 
So I, in my opinion, he's been my their favorite, my favorite play-by-play guy that they've had there until Chris Cuthbert signed. <laughs> right. So that's kind of where I sit on that. But you could return him in if he's potentially interested. You could bring him back in either A, his old role, or B, maybe he moves into the play-by-play booth. I don't know. Slight option well, there. Well, speaking of following dreams, that's a big reason he went to Sportsnet is because mm-hmm. he wanted to be a play-by-play guy, right? And, that, and Yeah, and that's kind of the reason why I, I don't really foresee it happening. Is I, I he's he, maybe he's happy maybe he's happy kind of even in the hockey role he's in just because he's doing what he loves to do I don't know right right so the other option is a guy that's worked with uh, the boss of Three Down Nation the guy that's maybe been miscast a little bit in his life mm-hmm. and that would be uh, former CBC commentator Mark Lee mm-hmm. and I and I say miscast because there was a time I don't know if you remember where Mark Lee did the late games on Hockey Night in Canada. Yes, I do remember that. Yes, because and I he was not good at that. No, no, I he's great I at he's great at amateur sports. He's great yeah. at football. He is not an NHL commentator. <laughs> no, no, and I and that was made clear very quickly. He you, yeah. he's the kind of guy you want calling a hundred meter sprint. And I I remember I remember uh, he often ended up muted during uh, during my younger days in uh, in Northern Ontario. But that was largely because we were getting ready to party or go to the bar or something like that, right? So, but <laughs> yeah. less less on his play by play skill. But yeah, yeah, a little bit of a miscast there. But uh, again, yeah, I. I think he'd do a good job, yeah. and I'm I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw another name out there while while we're spitballing because because sure. again I, I want a guy that knows the game and and loves the game and has a good call. Mm-hmm. Current president of Football Canada, Jim Mullen. See, I've heard his name bandied about. I didn't know his play by play background is all. Uh, I've I've never worked directly with him, um, mm-hmm. but he worked as soon as they started like uh, the Canada. He's a he's a big proponent along with Dave Dubé and several others of of making a national like making U Sports national with like the Elite Eight conference and yeah. and getting it on TSN and they were all part of that big push. Well, and... I mean, he should one hundred percent be part of the broadcast in some way. Or... Former or another, there's no question about that. Well, the fact he wasn't on the draft was bullshit. <sighs> yeah, I, I think mean, we like, said. I think we said that on this podcast after the draft, even. Yeah, we did. Um, I just want to reiterate it. But, uh, <laughs> his his football call. His football call is very very good. Um, he's worked some Canada West Showcase games before that. He was working like with Shaw and stuff like that. Like, uh, he's well versed. Uh, he does his research. Uh, he knows how to call a game, and he knows how to bring the rest out of his whole crew. So I I think Jim Mullen. I, like I could envision Jim in taking uh, like you can't you couldn't elevate him to Chris Cuthbert tomorrow. No, but I could definitely see Jim's the kind of guy that they should be like, okay, Jim, here's here's some money you're gonna call four games a year, right? Like he's a guy that should be involved in some way. I know we're talking Cuthbert replacements, but I I think Jim should be on a national get way more exposure on a national level. Fair enough. Yeah, certainly an option there too. Uh, speaking of you, sports uh, decision has been rendered down now that. Uh, Basically, there isn't going to be any for the for the foreseeable future until the end of 2020. Uh, basically, everything wiped off the board today, except for Quebec at this point, right. as they may or may not play. I'm going to guess eventually Quebec's going to cancel, but at this point, Atlantic Canada, Ontario, and the West all saying, uh, nope, no sports this year, and that includes football. And yes. there's been a lot of discussions about, is this the right decision, and the timing of it, and the whole shebang, because... Everyone's like, oh, things in the West are going well. Why can't Canada West go? Well, sure, in terms of health and safety, maybe you could maybe have some kind of competition. Right. I don't know if you could have you can I don't know if you could have a season per se. 
because there's still you know still questions about traveling. But regardless, in theory, you could probably get away with some kind of thing. But ultimately, really, this is a money play at this point. Yep. COVID has hit everything hard. Universities yep. are hard up right now. A lot of these sports run on a lot of donations from you know from people from communities, especially you know rich guys who you know want to help out their sports. And priorities from donors are probably going somewhere else right now. And yep. it takes you know we're looking as you know we're just a couple of months from football camp starting. So this is the time where you're really getting into budgets and semantics and figuring things out. And there's just, the money isn't there to do it, frankly. No. And, and I was surprised that the OUA and AUS canceled the same time as Canada West because it's it's probably a sign of solidarity to make it not seem kind of like a patchwork thing where they all kind of said, you know what, for everyone's sake, let's just, do this at once so it looks like a unified front on this. I, I, I would agree because yeah. because we were actually we were in a record last night and I did a whole bunch of research. So apparently when I do research, you know, things happen and we uh, have to push it back. But, mm. uh, you know, the operating cost and you're right, Joel, it's it's all coming down to money out here in Western Canada. Yeah, it's the fact is that that Canada West is such a large conference and the costs of. You know, like if you're playing a game, if you're going even Saskatoon to Edmonton, you've got two buses full of athletes for a football game, athletes, coaches, support staff. You now have hotels, you now have meals, you now have the game to play, and then you have to come back, right? It's, Mm -hmm. you know, that is not cheap. It's not like the, you know, it's not like the CJFL where you're just taking a bus from Saskatoon to Regina and coming back the, the, the very next day, you know, possibly with a couple cases of beer because you won. Well, you, you never got beer if you lost, but if you won, right? So <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it, I, I think the biggest deciding factor this year is the sponsorship dollars and you have to rely on ticket revenue and, and things like that. And they're, you know, even if they were allowed to play, there was not going to be any fans there. Yeah. So to me, it's, that's what it comes down to. I'm glad the conferences have a United front and, it's un- it's unfortunate, you know. I I love you sports football, but it does look at least from the Canada West release today. I know some people were on Twitter were musing about, well, I hope these fifth year players, you know, still ha- still have a chance. You know, they they still have, you know, they're they're being robbed. Well, it looks like that, at least from the tweet from Canada West, that they will maintain. From what I interpret. It looks like they will maintain their eligibility whenever, you know, next season's able to roll around. So that, to me, is a massive plus. Yeah, and so there's lots of things that need to be figured out here before we get too ahead of what may or may not be happening with this whole thing. So I think at this point, it's too early to panic about what this means for players. And I think there's obviously a ripple effect in terms of how this is going to affect the CFL going forward in terms of the draft. But that's a question for another day at this point, I think. And on top of the money, too, I, there's it's a, such a different atmosphere is such a different world in the world of academia versus other kinds of sport because there's you know there's liability issues with the school and there's you know there's even just semantics at play here there's all you know the way it looks because there's going to be so many students that are even going to be in actual classrooms this year there's going to be all kinds of students that don't travel to regina to come to the university of regina to take their classes they're just going to stay at home in vancouver and do it online right so to force the football players to come in would be weird, frankly. So there's yeah, a right. lot of that kind of polit- politics at play too. So there's a lot of reasons why 
they will be able to go. They weren't really able to go forward this year, and that applies to basically all the sports. And so, you know, it's not worth bringing in your athletes if one of them gets sick, and then you get sued for it, basically. No, no, and and you're absolutely right. And in terms of other levels of amateur football too, there we saw. Rod Peterson on Twitter report today that the CJFL season was going to be a go come September. Uh, I can tell you uh, as much as I love Rod, he's incorrect on that one. Uh, I worked some of my sources today for my days of CJFL uh, play-by-play guy. And I can tell you that the CJFL right now is looking at a lot of what Rod said is correct. They would be an Alberta conference and a Manitoba Saskatchewan conference with, with all the games within those minus a potential championship possibly. Uh, but right now I can tell you there are no firm plans, but the PFC is looking at an October start. And that is if they can get per- uh, permission from the Saskatchewan, Manitoba and Alberta governments. And if cases stay low. So basically the point we're at now where cases have essentially been in decline, minus one outbreak here in Saskatchewan up North. Um, if that maintains, uh, we may see CJFL and PFC football come October. Yeah. <laughs> which I, I, which again, I have actual source and actual news. It's, it's, it's rare that I don't just bullshit on this thing. <laughs> that's, that's why I was so speechless right there. I did. And I really didn't know what to say. I sounded like a professional for once. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.